Namaste everyone. Welcome to the Charvak podcast. Today's podcast is going to be amazing because I'm very excited to have Ram Sampath on the podcast with me. Ram, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me, Kushal. It's an amazing podcast. I'm a huge fan. Uh, Ram, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, you're very kind, but I actually wanted to start by saying that I'm actually a fan of your music. So first of all, I'm really excited that you're there on my podcast. I've never really had someone who I've actually had the pleasure of listening to uh, while I have driven my car or gone for a walk or to the gym. So let me be very honest. I've had a minor fanboy moment myself by having you on the, on the podcast itself. So Ram, uh, obviously a lot of people know about you. So, but I still wanted to start this podcast by requesting you. Uh, after all, you're from Miragao, Chembur. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So let's start this way. So I, why don't you tell everybody about a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit about your story. How did the music start? Where did the interest come from? Because uh, honestly, even I'm curious to know. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'll 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 talk about. the first bug to start right making my own music i mean i okay so i started training in carnatic vocal I, i come from a south indian family i'm half tamil half kannada and you know chembur chembur's got a pretty big south indian population so um yeah so i did uh, carnatic vocal for about 8 years i did hindustani vocal for about 3 years i did piano classes for about 3 years and i did theory for another 2 years but by the time i hit the age i mean this was all happening from a very young age but by the time i hit the age of about 12 i started making my own music So I got I started getting frustrated with the rules of stuff, and uh, due to some personal reasons, I figured out that I would have to start working pretty soon. So I got into Arey Podar to do my commerce, and um, I yeah. So from the age of fifteen, I started looking for work, and by the time I was sixteen, I was working professionally. I was a professional composer. I was doing commercials. I was doing um, uh, ad campaigns. Whatever I would, I would get. I would do uh, music for TV serials. I did the t- title track of a show called Film Divane on Z in those days. So all kinds of stuff. Whatever I would get, I would do. And then uh, I started getting a little stronger foothold in um, um, in uh, advertising because it was the it is still is probably the only professional industry uh, for musicians and especially for composers in India because it's the only place that um, pays you professionally, pays you mostly in in check. uh the film industry in those days was pure cash uh yeah. yeah we used to get paid in sacks of money yeah we used to i used to come home with sacks of money because i've done sessions for i've done filmy sessions as well so i've had the pleasure of um, i've had i mean I've, i've been so lucky because i've got to play uh with lakshmikant parallel in mehboob studios as a musician i was one of the young turks who handled all the technology wow. and uh, yeah so i you know i've been in those recordings i only five or six of them where there's 90 to 120 musicians in one room wow. and all the way to today you know where the te- the technology is so vast that i mean it's so incredible that we can pretty much work out of off a laptop so i've had the pleasure of you know that that kind of a journey and um, yeah so I, i think uh by the time i was 18 okay so my my primary passion was rock music so i i then formed a band with a really good friend of mine called siddharth ashrekar and we had a band in english called colorblind and uh, we put out an album um I think by the time the album came out I was 22 I had my own record label I had um, I, I released it through Sony Music we sold 10000 copies um 10000 cassettes 2000 CDs but then Sidhu lost his hearing in one year and then uh, we had to scrap that I had to move in a different direction then uh, I did Tanha Dil with Shan I had done his previous album as well I had done Loveology and the Viva we Kids then uh, then I did Tanha Dil Tanha Dil did really well um eventually I uh, 
you know at that point i was kind of disillusioned and i was really on the on the verge of kind of running away from india i was like you know i mean if the music scene sucks away it's really tough um the mainstream was like i mean it's garbage it was just nadim shravan all over the place um and i just i mean you know ar rahman came as like a as a as a massive like a as a relief we realized that i mean things could change as well but at that point around um um mid mid towards the end of the 90s i was really on a on the verge of kind of i was really contemplating whether it would be an easier life if i just left the country and then i met during the process of a project called let's talk uh, where i was doing the score for this movie called let's talk which was uh, the film was structured like a thumri so uh, i decided to record thumri singers uh, from around the country and i met this incredible thumri singer from banaras called uh, pandit chanulal mishra and chanulal ji kind of changed my entire perspective he changed my way of looking at my own culture and, and i realized what an what a cultural ignoramus i am Uh, how little i know about my own people my own country my own culture uh, so chanulal ji in a sense was kind of like what the charok podcast is also for me nowadays i mean i i keep <laughs> learning from the charok podcast as well how little i know about my own country my own history my own culture um but chanulal ji really set me uh, set me back on the path to kind of uh, to staying here and to to wanting to make a, a mark here uh, you know um I also realized with Colorblind that you know I mean the the especially the rock industry the music industry in the west is deeply racist. I mean I got offered a chance to be able to sell all my songs so that white guys could play it. Um uh, yeah 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 it was pretty straightforward. Um yeah 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 it's a very very it's uh, even in the I mean the 90s but it was crazy it was a crazy time. Anyway, so after that I got into Bollywood I did Khaki uh, which was um uh, like 2 years of getting a root canal without any uh, anesthesia. <laughs> um <laughs> yeah it was a, it was a rotten process uh, the movie itself uh, was quite fun and rajkumar santosh was a very interesting man but the process was horrible it was a excruciating process because uh t series that time was the era of tabla dholak so everything uh, was dhank chikka tak chikka dhank chikka tak chikka yeah. and uh, and rajkumar santosh had just done pukar with ar so he was like no 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 i want a much more modern sound but i got basically i got pissed out between uh, rajkumar santoshi and t series t series wanted dhanka chikka takka chikka and i was just uh, i was um, yeah i was i should have been much more aggressive i should have just left the damn project but anyway it it ended up being quite good for me um but essentially i got a bad feeling about bollywood after that i mean i i i in uh, for me it's not important that my milkman know my name that you know then i'm walking on the road people say are ye wo banda hai i really don't care i want to live a good life i want to live i want to be happy so after that i kind of reduced my presence in bollywood um i would do the occasional project which still ended up being a pain in the ass and about 2008 uh, this is when actually by this time i had gotten quite a reputation in advertising sona had already become sona mahapatra my wife had already become my producer at that point and we had started retaining our intellectual property on ads and we you know i started taking intellectual property quite seriously because it's a serious problem in india people don't respect intellectual property at all and uh and in 2008 uh, one of my jingles got stolen uh that was the crazy four jingle that got stolen uh, by the roshans uh for the uh, basically uh, the sony ericsson jingle that i had done got stolen mm-hmm. by the roshans for this film called crazy four and against all good advice from my bollywood buddies i took them to court and uh, we won and we got uh, sizable um, damages the most i mean uh, we got 2 crores officially from the court uh, never mind that the lawyers took the uh, lion share of it uh, but before that the only the, the biggest settlement in india uh, was 25 lakhs for intellectual property so 
uh, I was really happy to help raise the bar. But of course, that made sure that I was unemployed for about six months because uh, neither Bollywood nor advertising would touch me because they were like, oh, yaar, ye banda bahut, uh, matlab, aggressive banda hai. Isko court jane ka bahut shok hai. In spite of the fact that I only went to court once. Um, mm. Uh, but the cool thing was after that, I got a phone call from Amir to do uh, Delhi Belly and I signed Delhi Belly. Um, so I was doing some other work with Amir on People Live and other films and then uh, Delhi Belly also happened. So after Delhi Belly, I kind of um, got back into the mainstream. I did a few films and um, yeah, I mean, I did some Coke Studio episodes. Um, the problem with, with uh, me essentially is that I don't like any one genre of music. I love music as a as a massive entity you know so so i i i my taste buds are like the indian thali you know so yeah. you like to you like to taste a bit of this a bit of that um which is not how music is made in the west i mean generally it is like if you're metallica you will make speed metal or you know or, you, or you'll make heavy music all your life and i feel bad for those guys because i think it's a trap uh mm-hmm. yeah but in india you know it's a beautiful thing because the audiences are actually in many ways really evolved um, so even when we do college shows, it's so exciting because uh, one night will be Bollywood night, the other night will be DJ night, and the third night will be a Coke Studio Fusion night, and there's a Ghazal night. So people in India have a really sophisticated understanding of how musical genres work, and that actually has ended up being quite good for me. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's in a nutshell, that's my journey. So Ram, let's start with this. Uh, so I, I I really am interested in one part. So you said you started with Lakshmi Kant Pyarelal, and uh, you you mentioned this interesting fact that you know at that time music was recorded with there were like 80, 90 in, individuals uh, yeah. recording one single song. So I, I clearly right. remember uh, because uh, I mean I I learned drums in my childhood. So I I remember, and my father is also musically inclined. So I remember watching an interview by uh, of Lata Mangeshkar or Kishore Kumar. I don't remember exactly. And they're like, "Hamare time pe to, you know, we would sing a song, and if we would miss one note, the entire thing will have to be done again." That's right. And now, to abhi kaisa hota hai ki ye log 10 second gaate hain, fir rukte hain, fir 10 second gaate hain, fir rukte hain, aur sabko jodke kar dete hain. So now, yeah. as a creative person, now you are a composer, a singer, a musician. You see, you are yeah. a package which is like you don't do one thing you do multiple things so yes. now i wanted my first per- question to you from the creative perspective is so here's this is just a out of curiosity which one would be tougher at a talent level uh, as uh, according to you say creating a, a song because you're a composer right mm-hmm. so what would be tougher at a process level like you have 80 90 live musicians would that be tougher or what you guys do today would be tougher so if 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 i was to go by a layman's understanding i would think that coordinating 90 people doing it's every time it's like a live show right yeah you guys are doing a live show every single time so so what do you think how and what is the difference in working in that era and this era now where everything is so systematically recorded okay so that's uh i'll tell you to be very fair uh it's apples and oranges. Okay. I'll tell you the basic, the basic difference is that um, working in those days was essentially, uh, I mean, so the, 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 okay. So the way that the reason why we had duos and we've always had duos in Bollywood was because one, uh, one person would do the composing and one person would do the arranging. So in Lakshmikan, Pyarelal, Lakshmikanji was the composer and Pyarelalji was the arranger. That's how the work broke up. And um, 
actually in those days there was a certain comfort in the fact that the song would just be damn done after the recording day it's finished you know because it's too expensive to get back into the studio and redo it today mm. the changes don't stop until the until one day before the release of the film so mm. do you realize that today for example most of the soundtracks earlier the way that it used to work is that a soundtrack would come out one at least a couple one and a half months before the release of the film phir wo gaane tv pe bajte the radio pe bajte the some of them would get popular today it they release we release one single and the rest of the album is just thrown out along with the release of the film because kya ho raha hai ki wo gaane tab tak उनको छोड़ा नहीं जा रहा है कंपोजर्स को छोड़ा नहीं जा रहा है कि यार बंद करो काफी हो चुका है गाना लॉक करो तब तक वो घिसाते जाते हैं घिसाते जाते हैं सो द प्रॉब्लम विद टेक्नोलॉजी इज दैट राइट नाउ इट्स अलाउड द प्रोड्यूसर्स आल्सो टू बिकम एक्सट्रीमली फिकल और चेंजेस पे चेंजेस आते रहते हैं सो दैट्स बिकम द रियली डिफिकल्ट पार्ट अबाउट द वे दैट वी वर्क टुडे आई आल्सो थिंक दैट अर्लियर द वे इट यूज्ड टू वर्क वाज there was a certain responsibility of the whole team so everybody would sit together everybody would design the moments like for example if there was a sitar piece in the middle the director would specifically come and say ki nahi yahan pe na sitar nahi chalega because here i'm shooting in a garden so give me something more airy you know there would be specific um uh understanding in fact i i heard from somebody that uh, yash chopra was shocked when he got the songs for jab tak hai jaan from uh, ar rahman with just a basic beat and all the vocals on it because ar normally what he does is he arranges to picture he likes to watch the picture and he likes to be uh, so he works in reverse of course he can work the other way too i mean he's brilliant and he's also come from that era but um, there are many flexible uh, things that that you can do today which you couldn't do in those days the sound quality is much better right now there's a certain kind of uh, you know uh, there's a certain cohesion uh, to the sound today uh, but i must tell you man i miss those days too you know i love a balance between analog and digital i miss those days of all of us being in a room because actually to be honest with you when you go into a room there's everybody is bringing a certain energy to a song you know music is at the end of the day it's frequency and energy you know and when you walk into that studio saying this is a song and we are all going to give our positivity to make sure that this happens today there's a certain magic to that sound that you know i feel that you can hear that in the best music of that era you know you can hear that in the, it, there's a there's a certain magical fairy dust on those songs you know that that i don't know i just don't hear them today you know it's it's hard to find that 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 touch of magic i also feel that in those days one of the beautiful things that used to happen is that you couldn't be illiterate musically or artistically and be in the studio mm-hmm. today you can be musically and artistically illiterate and still be in the studio and you know uh, and I, i some people will like your music i don't know it's a strange time we live in but um, but that also can happen i'm not saying that i'm not i'm not a musical elitist by the way i love all kinds of music i don't have a problem with that but everything requires a certain amount of uh, dhyan riyaz uh you know a certain amount of tapasya you know i mean even if you're a rapper there's a big difference between a divine and some guy who's just walked off the street you know dhinchak puja or whatever you know yeah. so 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 i'm for the tapasvis you know I, that's that's the thing i love and this generation has a, this this technology has also expanded the amount of talent that you can now listen to for example someone like mohit chauhan he's not pitch perfect but he's got so much soul you know he's got so much to give as a singer so uh, you know uh, someone like sukhvinder singh when you work with Suk- uh, sukhi paji he's so creative in on, on the microphone he's so creative he's constantly coming up with new ideas um that you're you're overwhelmed you know it's it's he's made that technology into a creative art form 
uh, in fact i want to do a podcast one day with, where i'm just showing how sukhi records he's just incredible to watch because he's got uh, punjabi uh, culture in him he spent so much time in chennai he's got that you know he's got the south indian thing also going on he's mm. got uh, uh, avdhi he's got barelvi he's got so many things that he can tap in on uh, as a singer so you know and uh, as a music director you tell him that you know you tell him ki paaji matlab aaj patiala nahi chahiye aaj avadh chahiye he'll mm. actually recalibrate to that you know he's he's that beautiful he's he's a magician so there are certain things like i mean and i can vouch for the fact that there are singers today who would perform every bit as well in that era as well i mean sonu nigam shreya ghoshal they would they would work to that for that matter arijit singh they would all work in that era too because they're fantastic singers you know um but it's two completely different eras and that era was i mean the the degree of difficulty of getting 90 musicians to play together kushal was just obscene it was so hard and parallel ji would give us the choices bad words uh, <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah they would also do like there would also be tricks that they would play on you if you're a rookie you know they would reserve the toughest parts of the song for the end because it's a one take right so the the initial parts would be easy but as the song went on your parts would get harder and harder so you, if you make a mistake 90 to 100 people in the room would glare daggers at you you know so it would be so like so high pressure and they would do that do that as a prank they would actually prank you that way sometimes the parts would not even be in the song <laughs> <laughs> so that that sounds like fun and and another aspect that i have realized is at least from how i uh, and let's start over here so so now let's get into the creative process a bit further mm-hmm. so look every artist and every every creative person needs a a certain level of a healthy ego right mm-hmm. you you need to, see you can't say are main to bahut simple hu ji main to bada seedha aadmi you can't perform because let's say if you're going on stage you got to have some kind of aura and faith in your own ability to deliver it's like i i i i know it's a pathetic analogy but i'm still going to use because that's the only sport i watch and i watch mixed martial arts and i love it too man i watch it too yeah so i remember mike tyson and you know mike tyson used to say every time like before i'm going into the ring i am nervous but i am also telling myself that i am the best in the world and i'm going to kill that you know mfr that's what mike tyson used to say all the time and and that's the standard yeah. drill you hear from everyone so ram how does a creative person start with that balance where you know you are talented right when you're going on the stage so how does one deal with the process of managing that ego where that ego has to be a very healthy dose where you don't it doesn't get to your head so that it doesn't affect your performance because you need some level of nervousness too some jitters right uh, before you go on the stage so how does that happen with a ram sampath that's what i'm interested in knowing okay so first of all the more prepared i am the less nervous i am uh mm-hmm. i think the most important thing that i have uh, i've had my ego bashed in by uh, by my collaborators and i've been thankful for it because um uh, because i think if you trust the people around you they'll tell you the truth and you must surround yourself with people who'll tell you the truth um but this industry is i mean especially in india it's it's a chamcha based industry i mean if you get successful the first thing people do is surround themselves with psychopaths um and as the greeks say whom the gods want to destroy they first drive mad so it's the first thing that happens to you in this business is that you start losing your mind because you start thinking you're the bee's knees you know you're 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 the you're the greatest things in sliced bread 
and that's the that's the kiss of death uh, because i think you have to fake arrogance but you have to cultivate real humility uh you can fake arrogance you know it's um uh, you need to keep a certain kind of front um where you kind of make sure that there's a certain language that you use there's a certain kind of tone that you use where people don't necessarily walk all over you because that's the other thing that happens in this business if you're too nice people walk all over you um you have to have a certain degree of outward arrogance and i think for me most of the time i'm just hopefully i'm just faking it because um Uh, the creative journey is racked with doubt you're just doubtful all the time you you don't know whether you're getting it right most of the times you you can only hear your own flaws um and that's how it is especially if you're a singer like i am and a composer and a producer so most of the times i'm just critiquing myself i'm telling myself just not good enough not good enough um so preparation really prepares you for that but at the end of it you have to get the balance right once you're going on stage you have to believe in the skills that you've honed and then you have to let go because if you're thinking on stage you're in trouble you have to be in a flow state it's the same with creation when you're composing you can start with doubt but i have always maintained this with composition you know composition is like a deep sea dive um you're you're diving for pearls and sometimes you get the pearl sometimes you don't get the pearl but you really don't know when you're deep underwater deep underwater you're absolutely convinced that you've got the pearl but it's once you come out and you open the oyster and you realize there's no pearl that you know mm-hmm. that you you have to dive back in and for me what happens with a lot of lot of the times with com- with composition is that you come out you open it and you imagine there's a pearl in there just because of the effort you know mm-hmm. but it's not it's a cruel business it's a cruel cruel business sometimes you can dive and you'll get no pearls sometimes you get no pearls for 6 8 months you know and mm-hmm. you can have serious writers block but you have to be honest about it and you have to keep diving you have to trust the process yeah so let's let's take this to the next level so th- this is what i i always find it fascinating so i remember in my college days you know my, my brother and i and a couple of us friends we would create the song and i have never understood because i i could never crack it myself and i am i am not even an amateur i'm th- thousand times worse than an amateur but i would never understand what constitutes a good song even if i would make one right hmm. now you're someone who's been doing this since your childhood and you mm-hmm. do this on a daily basis so ram how do you know that so it could happen right like you really like a tune or maybe you and sona are sitting and you're creating something or you and your team is sitting together and creating something how does ram sampat figure out ki yaar ye jo maine cheez banayi hai na ye achhi hai because you just mentioned like you're always constantly surrounded by self doubt but how does one go that nahi ye jo dhun banayi hai ya ye this beat that i have composed or this particular piece that i have added this guitar riff or just the plain chord that i'm playing it is actually good how does one know that and and i have never figured it out because i have made four or five songs in my life with my brother and i i could never understand whether it's good or not until you go and play it to a few friends and like i it okay but how do you because i know you guys are eventually going to be tested by the marketplace of ideas where you yes. put your music out but before that how do you guys do it as professionals okay so some songs when you when you create them you just know that they 
you know they're on point so it's instant um like for example jile zara from talash was like i knew the minute the song i finished i finished composing the whole song so essentially it was a song that i had composed for something else i'd composed the the hook for something else okay so a lot of song making is like this as well so song uh, song creation in fact any creation whether even if you're writing um eventually your craft allows you to see how modular the whole form is once you understand structure then you begin to understand how songs are created so most songs are uh, like first music in okay let's talk about hindi film songs hindi film songs are first music the traditional hindi film song is first music mukhda antra mukhda antra you know and then there be music pieces between them and then sometimes the the antra will change in tune but by and large it's the same structure so songs have a verse chorus verse chorus bridge kind of structure um so eventually you start recognizing those patterns that you're making and so you you see that all right and if you start understanding scales and if you start understanding music then you start understanding that all right so i've composed this in this particular scale or in this particular rag i'm just going to keep it at the back of my mind and if i'm composing something else suddenly that piece will strike me and i'll connect the two and it'll become a brand new song so songs are kind of modular and songs ideas are constantly floating in your head as a composer you've always got some song i mean i've got like for example ori chiraiya which i composed for satyamev jaite was originally composed for khaki and it was rejected for khaki and wow. it ended up being yeah yeah so the whole song i remember ori chiraiya came to me as a, it came to me as suna suna and was suna suna that was the original uh, uh, melody that i had in my head and it became ori chiraiya when um uh, i think i only composed one section of it i connect i connected the ending kis ke dam pe basega mera angna that part i composed at the end but the rest of it was pretty much my original composition from uh, 2002 i think um and it just came back to me uh in a flash when we were doing satyamev jaite and i just pulled out that demo and i knew that this was the song that we needed and it was just the brilliance of swanan kirkire that he wrote that lyric to that tune so a lot of the times it's you know the lyrics are so well written that you don't know what came first whether the melody came first or the lyrics came first mm. because if you listen to ori chereya it's so it's he's so good with structure and he's so good with syllabic matching uh so if it's like you know we uh, as uh, if you're if you're a composer and you're working with a with a lyricist you constantly have this conversation going on that hey man listen it's a three syllabic sound so da 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 i need three syllab i need th- three a three syllabic sound so he'll write andhiyara so these are the things that we go through in the process when you're working together and you kind of make a song absolutely seamless but when a song is good or when a song is bad kushal i swear to you you have no idea until the first five people who hear it and most of the time those five people are people that you trust deeply and you play it to them and let me tell you this a lot of the times you don't even get the reaction you want like for example when i played ambarsaria for the for the first time to sona she was like what are these chords why are these chords changing like you know why can't you make it like a simpler chord progression and i was like no that's the magic of it that's what really works for it but If you're, when when you're creating a song i swear to you sometimes it comes to you in 10 10 minutes like dk boss was literally 10 minutes uh 
the brilliance of Amitabh Bhattacharya that he I had written I had already composed the the mukhda so I already had bhag bhag dige bos dige bos but he came up with those lines daddy mutse bola tu galti hai me man that was genius I fell down laughing that guy is so funny he's so funny and he's so brilliant that he encapsulated the subtext of that film literally in one song you know and um what is a great song i'll tell you what one is it should it should stand the test of time uh mm-hmm. it should be able to it should get better with age and uh it should you you should hear it and say wow this was made then that should be the first reaction the second thing is it must have something honest to say um that's these are these are my uh, these are my uh, gauges uh, so uh, for me a lot of hit songs are not great songs um it must have something to say and it must be authentic and honest in what it's trying to say um it's part of the reason why you and i love metallica uh is because there's a certain honesty to the to the aggression yeah. it's 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 a pantera metallica i mean we all grew up that listening to that kind of music primarily because you may scoff at the uh, uh, the outsider will scoff at the simplicity of it but it's not simple it's actually yeah. quite nuanced in what it has to say mm-hmm. and it's authentic to that space uh so in the same way i feel like you know there is a certain authenticity to music like the best example i can give you is um again dk bose is one example the other example i can give you is um the lucky ali's o sanam mm it's so simple but it's such a brilliant song uh and lucky's voice has such a disarming honesty about it no he doesn't do anything he's got no chops he's got no, he's just got honesty and i remember when that song came out it was such a refreshing change from all the filmy nonsense that was around you know oh yeah and there was this one guy he's just sitting and singing with a guitar and he's just he's not saying something profound he's just singing what he feels you know uh, authentically so for me that's a great song um that, that that sums it all up and i think the big difference for me as a film composer has always been i've always felt film music should be music that can be sung by everybody because that's the music that i grew up with and that's what we called film music we called film music the music that everybody can sing in fact mm. some of the heroes that i met uh, i remember uh, i'll not name the lyricist uh, but i remember hearing the story from another lyricist about a great bollywood lyricist who used to hear um, he used to hear offbeat lyrics and he would call it uh, reshmi tyapa <laughs> <laughs> So that's what he called it. So he said, "Listen, it's not like I don't have a huge vocabulary, but I want the cab driver to be able to understand what I'm trying to say." So for me, the great lyricists like Shailendra, you know, they are uh, Shailendra is a great lyricist. Uh, Sahir Ludhiani is a great lyricist. Uh, Majroo Sultanpuri is a great lyricist. Anand Bakshi is a great lyricist. And I love their lyrics simply because, I mean, "Aaj phir jeene ki tamanna hai, aaj phir marne ka irada hai." That is profound. Two lines. and everything has been said it's a woman's emancipation it's a woman who's liberated and that's genius you know like for example tujhse naraz nahi zindagi hairan hu main tere masoom sawalon se pareshan hu main that's incredible writing you know that yeah. sums up masoom in four lines it's incredible writing so yeah. that to me is film music when you can con- condense uh, in fact that's great song writing you can condense like a a huge plot of a film into one idea that's uh, for me that f- for me i've always been trying to chase that genius you know and i don't think 
the industry today is 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 after that that kind of genius it's not after that kind of uh, that kind of magic you know that was the magic of that's what that's what i loved about bollywood when it was good it was sublime you know but i remember <laughs> but the truth of the matter is it's a very hypocritical industry and so today it's a very elitist industry and i fit in like a glove and i hate it because main to angrezi bhashi hu yaar main to hindi bhashi hu bhi nahi hai sachi baat hai na it's an industry of making hindi films that's run entirely by people who speak english as their first language yeah so we look down we look down upon the hindi bhashis matlab aajkal lyricists ko itne bhattar tarike se hum treat karte hain इतना मतलब उनको इतना हम लोग अब्यूज करते हैं क्योंकि वो तो कूल नहीं है वो हमारे पार्टीज में नहीं आ सकते वो जानते नहीं है कि मतलब ग्लेन लिविट क्या है वो देयर्स अ सर्टेन कल्चरल एलिटिज्म दैट इज सो प्रेवलेंट आई रिमेंबर वी वर सिटिंग एट अ मीटिंग एट अ सेशन एंड वी वर आई वाज प्लेइंग अ सॉन्ग टू समबडी फॉर अ फिल्म एंड वन ऑफ द असिस्टेंट डायरेक्टर्स गॉट अप एंड सेड हे ऑल दिस इज कूल बट व्हाट द फक इज बाजरा सो <laughs> I just I immediately told that guy. I said, "Yar, darwaza wahan hai, nikal ja." Yeah, if you don't know the meaning of badra, you should not be making Hindi films, yar. Magar, ठीक है अभी यही चलता है आजकल. So just one more question. Again, it might be very stupid, but uh, I don't know. So someone like me, uh, I don't know if you've had these kinds of moments in your life, and this is just me trying to understand your brain. honestly a lot of times i listen to a song maybe because once you become a trained musician you become like that and i just want to know if i am the only weird one so i would actually listen to a whole song so i'll give you an example so sepultura had a song sepultura is the death of Bla- i, I love sepultura yeah sepultura yeah. is a band and they had this rendition of iron maiden's uh, symptom of the universe right yes, so yes. the sepultura drumming set uh, is completely different from the original iron maiden symptoms of the universe right Yeah. Now I used to listen to that song only for listening to the drums. I would I, I would right. actually literally block out the person who was singing the song and I would just zone in. My brain would by default zone into the drum. So I'm just listening to the snare, the toms and and the bass bass pedal and I'm like oh yeah. kya bass baja raha hai kya ye. So does that happen to you constantly when you look at a song you tend to zone out a few elements out of a song too? Oh, 100%. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I love rock music so much is because uh, I'm a big fan of musicians and musicianship. One of the great treats of working on a f- format like Coke Studio was exactly that. And that's the thing that breaks my heart the most is that people don't comment on the musicianship. The fact of the matter is that we did Coke Studio uh, season three, especially we did completely live. There's not a single overdub that's entirely recorded on the floor. my episode i don't know about the other composers because i know a lot of people didn't do their stuff live and they did a lot of overdubs but my episode was recorded completely live on the floor and jero kavi is a monster drummer he's as good as any international drummer i have worked with he's absolutely stellar in fact my band in general i mean they're absolutely fantastic musicians and i like to write those parts i like to write complicated and beautiful parts for the, for the musicians to have fun with as well it's it's one of the great treats of 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 music is to be able to zone in on one instrument and and enjoy it i mean um, you know i mean th- there's a certain uh, th- th- there's a there's a thrill to listening to great musicianship Yeah so so now now that you mentioned Coke Studio uh, I I will uh, get into it because personally for me uh, I I I don't know why but I've kind of tuned out of Bollywood completely uh, I don't know mam mam I can take names mere ko koi sharam nahi aati so jab se Karan Johar ne picture banani shuru ki hai maine Hindi cinema dekhna band kar diya hai I'll be just very honest 
पाकिस्तानी कोक स्टूडियो में एक क्या मजा आता है कि वो पहले माहौल बनाते हैं गाना शुरुआत मतलब गाने की शुरुआत जल्दी से नहीं करते हैं वो पहले माहौल बनाते हैं जैसे क्लासिकल म्यूजिक में बनाया जाता है एंड दैट्स द राइट वे टू ट्रीट कोक स्टूडियो क्या आपको क्या जल्दी है दस मिनट का गाना मतलब आपको पाँच मिनट बनाने में आपको क्या मजा आ रहा है दर इज नो आई मीन इट्स अ फॉर्मेट वे यू कैन एन्जॉय द म्यूजिशनशिप यू कैन एन्जॉय द इनफैक्ट यू वॉन्ट टू एन्जॉय देसी पन यू नो दैट्स रियली वॉन्ट यू वॉन्ट टू एन्जॉय and this is constant pressure so anyway forget about that that's a different issue altogether but coke studio um pakistan is i mean it's a revelation yeah we're all fans of it we all love it um and it and not because you're a punjabi it's because you just have you just have good ears you know you have you have taste so here's my thing ram i this is again what i found the difference between coke studio india and coke studio pakistan and now i think i have clarity why that difference exists now that you know when i used to listen to coke studio india i thought you know we're taking the ethnic out a little too much sometimes i wondered in coke studio india ki wo kai bar mujhe aisa lagta tha the western parts were force fit into into the songs ki bhai zor se baja de zor se baja de like i'll give you a very tangible example so there was a song by this band nuri uh, which was called hor vi neewa ho in coke uh, studio pakistan and all that song does is basically that's all the song is it's basically going behind and then they obviously get get into when uh, when they get into the rock solo in the latter parts but then they have that veena now when i actually tried to scan through coke studio india i would struggle to find something like a hor vi neewa ho was that uh, a composer's choice or that was just mtv being like thoda zor se bajao thoda zor se bajao see it was um it was a multiple kind of pressures because the truth of the matter is that we were not we had to fight for the eclectic we had to fight for i mean and it should not even be eclectic it's desi i mean a veena is not eclectic it's it's mm. as mainstream as it gets you know and um there's a constant like for example in coke studio season 3 one of the big problems i had was that i had one day to record five songs Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are shooting as we are recording right so it's one day now how many parts can i write how much can i get in and in, and i wanted to get in say the 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 uh, the padam with aruna sairam called payada which is an incredible song uh, i wanted to get in uh, uh, you know um, a bunch of i mean a bunch of tracks and cutting five tracks in one day is not easy buddy it's crazy work it's a lot of work so there's really no room for maneuvering there's no room for experimenting there's no room my musicians had to write every single solo down every single note was planned you know whereas what i would like is i would like the room to be able to experiment to be able to try out new ideas to be able to kind of breathe 
you know even if it was two songs a day three songs a day it would have been reasonable and we could have opened up a little more uh, but it's very very tragic in india that i mean essentially the musicianship is i mean i was told this by one of the people in mtv that you know corn musicians ko dekhna chahta hai and it was heartbreaking man you know it was it's really really heartbreaking because the truth is i'm doing i wanted to do coke studio primarily to work with my phenomenal musician buddies you know that was the biggest uh, uh, you know the, the pleasure of it but the truth is if I, i'm going to mic uh, percussions and i'm going to mic um uh, a veena that's going to take up a certain amount of time of my schedule uh, mm. it's you know whereas some things i just pre-miked you know that i mean i knew that jay was uh, playing drums for somebody else so his kit was going to be pre-miked he would be pretty much ready and you know guitar amps and all were already set up so there was a certain amount of no- noise flow that i could already control so a lot of strange uh, a kind of decisions have really curtailed um the way that indian coke studio in fact i think uh, if, uh, the first season was produced by red chilies and i don't know what red chilies were doing producing coke studio you know that's yeah honestly i really don't know what they were doing producing coke studio so this is the problem in india which is i'm i'm, I'm i bring it back to the same point which is the gatekeepers you know there's these there's these five or six gatekeepers and there's they control i mean they tend to control everything you know you can't put out independent music in india without uh the youtube i mean the youtube front page is just not available for independent music in india you know it's only uh, uh t series and their cronies or some other company and their cronies but it's i mean and and now it's uh, that entire badshah scandal broke out where he's paid some 75 lakhs i mean this came out by the by it came out in some other investigation that he's paid some 75 lakhs to promote one song one song so that's the kind of digital world we're living in and i thought that you know we were going to get a democratization of access to content with it in the digital world instead we've gone in the opposite direction which is the people with the deepest pockets are going to monopolize access to content you know it's 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 a it's it's in especially in india it's heartbreaking man it's really tough and i feel really bad for the next generation because at least we guys i mean we've done our thing you know but uh, what's going to happen to the next generation of and and the next generation i mean mark my word man they're sensational they're absolutely sensational some of these kids are unbelievable musicians and composers and producers and singers you know what's going to happen of them so so actually let's take a follow up actually so i i i think somebody in the live chat has asked very a very good question krishna karthik has just because he was listening to you and he said uh, can you please ask what is ram sampath's opinion on illaraja's stress on copyright law for composers because i think this is a continuation to what you're saying about the gatekeeper yeah. so how do we deal deal with this problem so so what what are your views on that ram well i think illaraja is an absolute legend i think he's uh, going after his copyright uh, the way that um, uh, a legend should and i think uh, what he's done is pretty sensational uh, um, you can there's you can always debate on whether the, the the way he's gone about it is right or not but the principle of what he's trying to achieve is absolutely incredible which is that he must have the right to be able to enforce um, how he wants his material to be consumed by the world and on what terms he wants that material to be consumed by the world just like artists in the west have man sting has the same kind of uh, you know um, uh, right over his work um, Elton John has the same kind of right over his work why shouldn't a legend like Ilaraja man he's crossed over a thousand films that man that man is literally an embodiment of music he's incredible i mean he can write an entire movie score without playing a single note on an instrument he just needs a pen and a paper he's an absolute genius and for him 
to start enforcing his copyright the way he has that it's actually a great great source of encouragement for all of us so 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 ram for the people who actually are not aware of what is the current state of affairs in india when it comes to rights of composers so i'll now request you to actually give everybody who's watching this right now is going to watch or listen to the audio version later so what is the current state of affairs and how are composers and actual original content creators when it comes to music how are they treated okay so i'm just going to give you a, a first and foremost i'm just going to talk about the um the the basic situation of what is happening with with the film music in india with film music in india the dem- the demand supply ratio is so skewed that essentially um uh, there's so much so many people supplying music and there's so few people who control the gate the the uh, control the 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 output of music in bollywood that essentially as a composer i'm compo- i'm competing with people who are giving my producers music for free who just want the exposure who just who believe that they'll make that money off the live circuit or they'll make it once they you know once the song becomes a hit they'll make it from other channels so as a result of which what's happened is that intellectual property i mean this was for, for the longest time we didn't have any control over our intellectual property but now it's gotten to a crazy point where intellectual property i mean you can't even dream of keeping your intellectual property there's absolutely no way you can dream of keeping your intellectual property they take it away at the before you've played a single note the first the contract that you get is that you own absolutely nothing of the work that you produce for the film uh including the background score including everything you you own nothing so they take everything away and then your work is sold forward so for example if i got paid 50 lakhs for a film my producer will take that music and sell it to somebody like t series for a minimum of 1 crore so music is the only aspect of bollywood which is monetized even before the film's release i mean it's separately monetized you understand what i mean so it's a completely different uh, ball game with bollywood i mean essentially it's a very very skewed demand supply ratio that's led to extreme exploitation um and now for example it's we've come to that point where there a film has multiple composers and multiple uh, lyricists and multiple all kinds of things which i think is it's the producer's prerogative if they decide that they want to have multiple composers why the hell not i don't have a problem with that but the way that it, they go about it right now is literally based on trying to see what we can get for as little money as possible and that's a system that i don't know how long it can sustain you know because that's part of the reason why the music has gone down the pot is because there's actually no continuity of the music in the film secondly i think this is a bigger aesthetic problem which is that bollywood has completely lost its bearings and they're trying to ape the west blindly in terms of film structure so as a result of which they don't know what to do with music anymore it's all montage it's just montage after montage after montage you know because earlier we had this principle of lip sync but now it's just gone away into some other territory altogether as a result of which who sings the song doesn't matter singers can be constantly replaced in fact one good thing that's happened is that a lot more singers have gotten exposure excuse me but the big problem that has happened is that singers voices are re- are constantly replaced there's a single mm. carousel happening on every song so any singer who comes into the studio knows that their voice can get replaced until the day of the release of the song sometimes even after a uh, release of the film sometimes even after the release of the film the singer's voice is taken off sometimes one singer's voice is on the film version of the song and another singer's voice is on the audio version of the song i mean it's completely bananas right now you know and all this it's absurd it's completely absurd so 
you don't know what is happening with the with the with respect to giving talent its due you know and i think it's part of the reason why you're finding such a depletion of uh, interest in bollywood content right now because of the fact that it's almost entirely raised up by a marketing campaign it's not based on authentic content if you make authentic content like bahubali there are people who are going to come out and watch it in droves but that's a proper desi film with original music it's made in the traditional method it's not made in this new wave method of just pick up whatever the cheapest way we can and just kind of you know make a quick buck it's made to have cultural impact it's made with actual artistic ambition and see the results but it's there's a reason why that film cannot be made in bollywood there's a reason why that had to be made by ss rajamouli and team in hyderabad because that industry still has some cultural integrity those people come from the soil they want to tell stories of their land they want to tell stories that connect to their soul and their spirit they're not interested in what uh, the west thinks of their films and that's the kind of cultural confidence we need if you want to make real content we can't be so like you know na ghar ka na ghat ka that we constantly make content that has absolutely no cultural value to this land yeah I, and i and that this is why i i just can't watch bollywood anymore right a lot of times people tell me ha bhai tumne ye picture dekhi tumne wo maine bola bhai main to cinema hi jana band kar chuka hu main picture kya dekhunga i just can't stand it like i told you i mean i don't want to see a bunch of brown wannabes right i just don't want to see that if i want to see a wannabe white guy no there is white pe- there are white people in this world i can go and watch white people behave like yeah. white people i don't yeah. want to see brown people behave like white people i have nothing against the west i love the west i'm yeah. someone who believes in taking everything nice from the west i love rock music for the, yeah. for goodness yeah. sake but but my point is that at the end of the day if i'm indian i think like an indian and and, and you know even today as i'm talking to you right now we're using english as a language but i'll be very honest i still think in hindi my mm-hmm. default mode of thinking is hindi because that's how i was raised and and mm-hmm. i my brain works uh, brain works in that fashion but then let's talk about this gatekeeping a little bit more now let's talk about sure. the gatekeepers here now my question then is that is the demand and supply that skewed that basically four or five conglomerates can do what they want to do for let's say you know years after years i mean how how does one get away with such open rubbish is my question well you know india is a perfect storm for bollywood basically we have absolutely shit infrastructure so on a weekend a family has nowhere to go they have nothing to do um, you can't necessarily go to the parks you can't go to the seaside i mean it's it's uncomfortable then then i mean it's it's just a messy situation so kahan jaoge aap aap mall jaoge mall ke baad aap picture dekhne jaoge so they have counted on this uh, on this perfect storm of incredibly bad infrastructure and disposable income uh, to be able to kind of cash in very lazily on on content uh, on bad content uh this is going to change rapidly now because i think the options are opening up the infrastructure of the country is getting better and people are wanting more authentic stuff you know i mean there's a certain change that i mean i think especially in the next generation you're already getting exposed to world class content so suddenly you feel like you know i mean yaar ye kya hai you know so i think now is the time for change because yes the industry there's no such industry as the hindi film industry it's a bunch of about 10 families and they and their uh, cronies who control everything uh, that is the industry at some point or the other especially as a composer i've always found that i'm working for some family or the other <laughs> that's always been the case 
So it, you can't escape that. And I can say this primarily because I make my money of advertising. I don't make my money of film. So uh, film wale to matlab jo hardcore film composers hain wo to matlab kafi they, they they'll not speak like this uh, but um, i see myself as an outsider i don't see myself as part of this business i've taken one of those families to court and uh, uh, you know prove proven the fact that they are plagiarists uh, so i'm not i'm i'm always going to be an outsider and i pride myself on that i really don't want to be an insider i don't care um but but you know how the industry functions if you spent even a week in bollywood you, at some point or the other if you want to get anything made if you want to get anything done you have to go to one of these 10 families and you have to play good with them and you have to be nice and you have to make sure that your politics are aligned with their politics and you have to make sure that everything is kind of a hunky dory uh, on the uh, secular india front uh, <laughs> if you want to get anything done um yeah it's it's the truth it's it's why our content is also like that i mean it's 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 connected at the hip it's joint at the hip yeah i agree with you so i'm conscious of your time ram so i actually want to take a few of the viewers questions because i think they have asked very good questions so somebody has asked i think they are a upcoming musician or something of that sort they have a question so they say they have asked how does one avoid being repetitive because on a lot of occasions you end up thinking the you know of similar tunes all the time i think this person is a creative uh, creator themselves so i think they're asking a question to you directly from a creator's perspective so how do you check for that ram okay this is there's two there's two tricks to get out of this one is that you don't stop the flow you capture the idea the way it's coming to you and then you decide you use your craft to change uh the fundamental basis so for example i have two three rags which are my favorite rags i like i love uh, yaman kalyan i love brindavani sarang uh i love i mean of course of most filmy songs are in bhairvi um so what i'll do is after i've 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 captured the idea in say one of these rags i will then push the whole idea into another rag uh, i'll literally just drag this idea and and uh, push it into another rag which i feel works correctly for that particular uh, for that particular emotion so the same emotion that i'm trying to capture but in a different rag so in the same thing can be done with scales so you can use your craft to avoid repetition but remember this um there's a certain charm in people who plagiarize themselves <laughs> you know i mean jagjit singh is a self plagiarizer of the highest kind i mean to to people who don't like jagjit singh every single jagjit singh song sounds the same um, you know but if you like jagjit singh then you understand what he you know like for it's the same with john lee hooker it's the same with uh, girija devi it's anybody i mean nasrat fateh ali khan you know but the reason why i'm i'm bringing up nasrat saab is because if you understand um, kawali the way that man used unusual rags to step out of his comfort zone was outstanding it was absolutely outstanding you know and uh, you'll find that even in ilai raja's work uh, he's he's got such a variety to his work that um, that you know he, he i think this is the simple simplest way of getting out of it the simplest way of getting out of it is to uh, is to capture the idea and then use your craft to change the change the identity of it 
Cool. So now let's go to the next question. So Sudha Prabhu, she has asked this question. She says, why do you think India doesn't have a pop music scene outside of Bollywood, like K-pop, for example, which has become famous world over now? What do you think yes. is the reason for that? Oh, the, we had a pop scene. It was swallowed up by the Bollywood industry and also given up on by our extremely, um, um, I would say, opportunistic singers. So, for example, I had done Tanha Dil with Shan and um, I, I mean... I did that album for Kushal. I did, I did that whole album for five lakhs. I mean, I lost money on that album by the time it came out, um, and it made Shan a star, but it did nothing for me. So I was constantly insisting from that point. I was insisting with all the record companies that you must first and foremost encourage creators. You have to encourage great creators to keep creating fantastic songs because songs make the world go round. you know it's i mean just imagine there's a song called shape of you by ed sheeran it's a guitar and a voice that's it but it's a brilliant song so songs make the world go round you know and you need to invest in great songwriting if you want to if you expect to create a scene they stopped investing in songwriting they stopped investing in songs and that's the reason why the entire scene fell apart because i remember when we were doing pop music there was euphoria there was us i mean i had done tanha dil uh, i did jaane kisne with shamak davar um uh, there was dalair mehndi there was uh, alisha chinai there was uh, um, lucky ali there was a whole scene it was a proper scene it was completely abandoned by the music companies because they just didn't want the songwriters to make any money mm, that's that's, that's in- sorry So why do you think they did not want the songwriters to make any money? I don't get it. The music industry would actually benefit, right, if they create more products. Well, see, that's the problem, no, Kushal. The problem is that essentially what happens is this is where the there's a there's a very clear kind of caste system that comes in, in into Bollywood, which is that I mean I have always found this to be problematic. Which is one of the big problems that I've always faced is that you know most of the times people. are happy to drive a bmw but if they see somebody who's lower in the pecking order driving a bmw they're deeply disturbed mm. <laughs> so so as a result of which there's there's i've always felt that there's a certain feeling that har kisi ko apni aukat ka uh, you know ka andaza hona chahiye ki kahan pe where do they belong in this entire hierarchy and i've never subscribed to that hierarchy i've always believed that everybody's everybody has the right to succeed and everybody has the right to go through the roof but the problem is essentially if you don't own your own intellectual property if you're giving away your songs for cheap and the songs are not valued then where are you going to get uh, the next creators from i mean i remember this you know when growing up i always i was never interested in the actors i didn't like rajesh khanna in fact i quite despised him but i was a huge fan of rd burman i was a huge fan of uh you know of uh, majru sultan puri and i i i wanted i always looked at the back of the album you know especially in those days you had lps i would look at the back of the lps and see who you know who are the people who who worked on this and you know who have uh, like for example i remember that incredible jagjit and chitra album called unforgettable which has this amazing the first time in india that we heard stereo tabla that was recorded by uh, daman sood the engineer and i remember when i met daman saab and i said you know daman saab uh, i'm a huge fan of yours because i i remember on unforgettable you know the first time i heard stereo tablas and he was like who the hell you noticed that you know you're probably one of the five people on this on this planet who's come and told me about this but the truth is that th- there's no appreciation in this country for it's like you know jo dikhta hai wo bikta hai that 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 has to change i mean you remember like we all know that bob rock is the producer of metallica's black album 
Yes. Like, you know, so yeah, that, that, see, you know what I'm saying? As a fan, you know that because the band made sure you knew that Bob Rock was the producer. And then there was an entire film made on how Bob Rock drove the band to, you know, beyond their, beyond their limits. And, you know, th- there's a certain kind of drive that the producer brought to the whole project. Mm-hmm. All of these are stories that need to be told, but that can only come if the industry has actual pride in its own creators, you know. And we have no pride in our own creators. I mean, Raj Kapoor's home, RK Studios was sold for a damn building. It should have been a, a museum. It should have been bought by the government. The RK family, should, should the Kapoor family should have been paid a certain amount of money. And that entire thing should have become a museum for that man's work, that man's legacy, that family's legacy. The only person in this business I feel a deep gratitude for is Mr. Shashi Kapoor because he gave the city Prithvi Theatre. Yeah. That family still runs that theater, but who else has given back? Yeah, that that's so true, and 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 I kind of relate to it, and it it stems from this uh, whole thing about I think it's an identity crisis that drives a lot of these things. So this is another question, Ram, for you, from Sai Shandilya. He says, "Did Coke Studio India shut down so that the the Bollywood's mediocrity in music won't be challenged?" <laughs> You know what? I I still don't know why Coke Studio India is shut down. We've not received a call from any of them asking about another season. I think it just got shut down because um, I think either Coke had some you know, financial issues, then they just didn't want to uh, you know take it forward anymore. But I think the primary reason why Coke Studio shut down is because it's not run by creative people. It's run by money bags, and that's mm-hmm. the big problem. Uh, you know, when every time a creative project is run by money bags. Uh, it just runs into the ground because I mean, look at think about it, Kushal. The most successful filmmaker on this planet is a filmmaker himself, and he's the producer himself. That's James Cameron. Mm. You know, Rajmoli is his own producer. There's a reason why when creative people are and see, I understand. There's a very important reason why the money bags are there and the, and the suits are there. They have to make sure that you don't go crazy, right? But once you've proven your metal and once you've proved that you can work within a certain budget, as we, all of us Coke Studio producers have amply proved that. Not a single call saying that, hey guys, you guys seem to be able to do this on your own really well. Why don't we do it with you directly? That's never happened. That's never a conversation that happens in India because we are creative people. We are meant to be, we studio not business, you know, we're treated like that. And it's awkward. It's a really strange situation. Yeah, I think Bhai Bhatijawad in this uh, in this industry and in this is just the Indian thing. You know, we are all like this. What society is? I think some things we just skipped uh, the maturity part. We are not mature. We are Balbuddhi. We actually think that. So uh, another interesting question by Rajesh Singh. I think this is a very good question. What is the future of the Indian classical music scene according to you? Well, the future of the Indian classical music scene is bright in terms of musicianship because I think there's an Indic revival going on right now. I think there's a lot more people interested in the Indian uh, in the Indian art forms. There's a lot more um, investment in the Indian art forms. Uh, the big problem is is still the same, which is that just like we have gatekeepers in Bollywood, we have gatekeepers in the classical scene as well. And they only let in a certain kind of classical artist. So there, there are certain classical artists, I swear to you, Kushal, you hear them, they will make you cry. But they get absolutely no recognition. They're mostly teachers. A lot of the people who come from, you know, low-income groups who learn classical music are just doing it for the pleasure of it, you know. And 
classical music also is a gang there's a certain elite gang that's in charge and hopefully i think in the next 5 to 6 years i think all that will change i think that will get broken and i think they'll you'll see a different kind of classical musician emerging uh, and a classical scene emerging from india there's a certain confidence in uh, in the classical musicians of in the next generation of classical musicians of india because they're happy to go abroad and make their reputations there remember this most classical musicians of india have made their reputations abroad Hmm. So whether it's Ali Akbar Khan Saab, whether it's uh, uh, Ravi Shankar ji, you know, uh, it's 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 all uh, uh, all the way to Ustad Zakir Hussain. Uh, you know, you've made your reputations abroad. You've you've kind of built an entire circuit abroad, and then you come in and you 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 use the Indian classical music circuit for uh, for grounding. You know, to stay culturally rooted and to stay uh, relevant to the Indian classical music scene. You know, look. again let me be very straight about this the indian classical music a music aficionado is genuine they love their classical music they'll go like the savai gandharva fest in pune is a delight there's nothing like this on planet earth where you can hear uh, class indian classical music up till sunrise it's there's nothing like it it's incredible i wish there was that kind of leniency for all kinds of art forms in india but that's mm. a different matter altogether uh, uh, we have a strange policing policy but the next generation of indian classical music i think is safe and secure because the kind of indian classical musicians i hear are mind bendingly good they're so good all right so one more question here is from anam uh he says why don't indie musician or indic musicians create a platform of their own like they come together or create a platform or maybe in the age of the internet why hasn't it worked out for them Well, we have created many platforms. There are platforms that are trying to promote purely indie music, like OK Listen. OK Listen is a fantastic platform. There are other distribution portals as well. There are artists like Pratik Kohar who have done extremely well. They've succeeded. Sona, to to a great extent, is an independent musician, and she's done really well too. But the fact of the matter is that at the end of the day, there are pipelines, right? There are pipelines that get the music out there. If those pipelines are completely bought out and monopolized by uh by by uh, the mainstream companies then how does an indie collective raise that much money that they can compete with that uh with that big company to be able to break that monopoly that's a big problem in india and that's where i think the government needs to step in there needs to be some kind of anti monopolistic check there needs to be a good business practice check that you know this is really where government in, uh, uh, should be looking and the problem with the government is invariably there's no nuance you know it's like are copyright law pass ho gaya to sab kuch theek ho gaya happily ever after happily ever after to kabhi hota nahi hai bhai at the end of the day the creative community needs that kind of support where there are there are good business practices you know like for example think about it there are so many government there's air there's radio stations there's they're doing nothing kushal they don't promote anything of any i mean of any cultural value to the younger generation you know there are there, there is no connection between the content that's being churned out and the content that's been consumed by the next generation of indians it's very important that the government actually stop ossifying these kind of institutions these institutions have fossilized a long time ago you know technolo- technologically f- uh, uh, fossilized aesthetically fossilized why don't we have access to these kind of um, platforms hmm So yes, yeah, so you envisage some sort of uh, somebody has written this comment. I think it's a good follow up. So do you envisage some sort of a competition commission in Bollywood or the musical industry, something of that sort? 
I think so. I think the Competition Commission should take a look at exactly what's going on with Bollywood. And I mean, uh, first of all, in, within Bollywood, there's been a lot of uh, fighting with, you know, theater rigging and, and uh, you know, a uh, number of shows that, that certain big producers will, will bulldoze their way into getting. That's a different matter altogether. My primary concern is the music industry and the way that the music rolls out in this business. And that, I think, right now is really clogged because whether it's YouTube, whether it's um, uh, the streaming portals, whatever it is, there has to be some kind of, uh, I mean, you have reservations for every damn thing in this country, you know, but you, you can't have even a basic sort of look in to see what is happening with the in independent music scene in India and what is happening for the, uh, again, it's the same thing, right? What does the law stand for? The law is there to protect the individual against the corporation. That's essentially... The, the basic premise on which law works, which is that you protect the vulnerable against the powerful. In India, it's never like that. It's um, I think in, to a great extent, this is the same even in the West. Uh, it's become impossible for independent musicians to really get a hearing out there. The biggest difference that uh, they have over us is the fact that because most of them sing in English, they have a worldwide uh, audience. Because our audience, our, our, our performers are singing to a much smaller audience. There's lesser uh, you know reach uh, their independent musicians have the whole world as their oyster and, and yeah but that, that's kind of funny right we have a population of 1.3 billion people but i guess you know money talks at the end of the day how many are willing to pay nobody, for the music that, pays. that's, the thing. Nobody pays. that's yeah. where the rubber hits the you know meets that's the road right. and that's right and uh, yeah it's just uh, pisses me off at the end of the day like i always say this i say this as a podcaster too I think you, you you guys want me to have civil conversations, right? But at the end of the day, I can do this maybe because I'm financially secure right now. But if you really want me to take this to the next level where I literally sit down, uh, spend a lot more on equipment, send a, spend a lot more on traveling, maybe meeting people, recording it with them. But you got to put your money where your mouth is. Uh, we are so used to the idea. So here's a follow up to this everybody in their brain is literally obsessed with the idea that internet has to be free yes and content if content has to be free i mean i remember the great napster versus metallica fight i think that 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 fight was i mean if you are a music nut you should know about napster versus metallica and how That's metallica sure. put their own career in a very big way at risk because they're like yeah. they're going against the big wigs and you know metallica right. today its own content. Metallica has its own record label. I know another guy is very interesting. People don't know if they remember uh, that famous rap song by Everlast in the 1990s. You know, uh, what was the famous song? Uh, pack it up, pack it in, let me begin that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jump, jump around. Jump around. Yeah. So the, the Everlast till this day has its own record label. He produces his music. You know, he would probably go on a Joe Rogan. Uh, and get get that hits so do you think eventually it's going to be these kind of uh, collaborations where maybe independent podcast producers independent musicians and they actually start talking to each other they start uh, protecting and you know helping each other out how do we get out of this because indians ko har cheese absolutely the only way out of this is to be able to get to advertising to be able to get licensed music to be able to sync music to uh, you know uh, to um um, web series and movies I, I think that's the future the future is that we start the most important thing that i think uh, indian music composers creators should learn right now is don't work for bollywood 
work for yourself create your own music make your own portal and then sell your music on your own terms it's going to be it's going to take longer but you will make a lot more money and a lot you'll you'll be a lot happier in the long in the long term Mm, yeah. So one last question before I let you go. I think this is a good question. Abhiji Chawla has asked this. What's your opinion on the Sangeet Natak Academy? Does it provide, create any value when it comes to preserving, promoting Indian culture? It's a, a more Natak, less Sangeet. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. it's, it's the problem is, again, it's a click. Everything in mm-hmm. India is a click. it's one gang and their cronies and it's they, they see this is the problem it's the it's the our institutions are the problem yeah and in what is what is going to be our response to this kushal we'll go and make more bloody institutions like idiots instead of actually democratizing the entire process taking away this cult of personality ye teen jan aise jo baith jate hain bhediyon ki tarah iske upar aur apni logon ko laate rehte hain this band this bullshit get people in from many generations and from different walks of life create an actual committee why why it's it's caesar versus uh, you know the assembly it's the same thing again you know mm. it's everywhere we end up electing one caesar and maybe this is an indian disease i don't think it is i think this is a this is a, 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 an evolutionary problem ye to hota rehta hai because we are still not uh, we're still get, coming to terms with our own nepotistic uh, uh, tendencies but the truth of the matter is that you have to keep at least 78 look at look at the way the grammys work right i mean it's it's over a thousand people here it's not a small committee it's a huge damn committee and okay one guy will be sitting at the top who's like the president of the entire thing but he's a figurehead he does not have the right it's not like he's got a thousand votes and the rest of them the thousand people have a thousand votes you know you have to genuinely decentralize institutions you have to take defang them first of all you know and allow for you have to allow for people to be able to make controversial statements you have to allow for people to bring up um, uh, you know uh, dangerous ideas dangerous ideas are what push society forward you know uh, i mean at some point galileo was giving a dangerous idea to the uh, to, to the church you know that's really what it is and it's very very important we are so afraid so afraid because there's no law and order there's the the bigger issue is the same thing right there is no there is no um uh, protection for for genuinely honest and dangerous art in this country mm i i, I hear you i, I actually hear you the same institutional bullshit is going to be promoted as art you know it's the same nonsense i mean the ideas the regurgitated nonsensical ideas are going to be churned out like for example i remember this uh, debate happening even in the uh, in the 2000s where i've always asked i've always want talk to other songwriters and lyricists and talked about them and say when are we going to go past the tyranny of the love song you know kitne din likhoge ki tere liye mar jaunga main tere liye ye kar dunga tere liye wo kar dunga are tu mujhe chhod ke chali gayi how many songs can you make on this same nonsensical <laughs> plot line you know <laughs> yeah it's tiresome it really is yeah i i i think i'm waiting for the response from the audience when they say and one more mar jaunga main songs come and somebody says mar ja kutte <laughs> <laughs> 
I must tell you this is you know Navdeep and I Navdeep Singh the director and I started talking again on on Twitter and uh, we were working on a film called Shaadi of the Dead uh, it was a zombie film and it is a great great idea Navdeep and Navdeep and the writer had worked out a fantastic script in fact for that for that movie we had made a spoof on love songs and the lyrics of that song were pyar ka fertilizer peeke banda bole kukdu ku Yeah, I th- I think we need to tell people. So, uh, so uh, Ram, last question before I let you go. So, t- uh, can you tell everybody what if, uh, what are the new projects you're working on and where we can go uh, and uh, check your uh, your work at? Okay, so um, uh, the stuff I'm working on right now is purely independent. I'm uh, so Sid and I are back to making uh, some rock music in English again uh, with Colorblind. So that carries on. um i'll be doing a bunch of other uh, independent projects with my other band which is ram sampath experience rse uh, you can follow me on uh, on ram sampath live and ram so on um, on instagram i'm ram sampath official and on twitter i'm ram sampath live uh, same on facebook uh, just follow me hit me up and uh, if you have any questions yeah let's keep the conversation going guys All right, man, Ram. This has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I mean, uh, I actually am ex- uh, really happy and and excited that finally I get to talk to somebody who's so creative and talented, unlike me. With because uh, you know, uh, for people like us, you know, we always have an uh, outsider in awe view of uh, guys like you, right? We we are always in awe of a creative person because they give us so much happiness by creating wonderful songs and creating this music. So first, I really want to thank you, man. I it's an absolute honor to have you on the podcast. I've listened to your music so many from so many years, and uh, once again, uh, it's it's a pleasure hosting you, brother. Thank you so much, man. And I think you're a hugely creative person, so don't sell yourself short. Um, your stuff, your content has been a huge source of uh, inspiration for me and learning for me. And um, yeah, I think we need to start talking about MMA as well, man, because uh, I can't wait for uh, Stipe versus Cormier on the weekend. Oh man, the, finally somebody who loves MMA other than myself and Sham Sharma. We're fucking irritated with people in India who think I'm a violent guy. So thank you. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait for it, man. I can't wait yeah, for it. All right, guys. You know the drill. If you like what I do over here, subscribe to the podcast. Like, वैसे I have left the details of uh, you know how to get in touch with uh, Ram's work in the description of the podcast too. If you want to go there, uh, you can go and subscribe to his YouTube channel. You can watch the music over there. If you like what I'm doing over here, you can become a member of the YouTube channel myself of my channel, or you can go on Patreon. Uh, you know, the, you know, every Saturday now I've started a new series called Understanding and Experiencing Religion. Right now we're discussing Ramayana, and on Sundays we're discussing discussing a lot of books which relate to the aryan invasion theory or the out of india theory so you you know what uh, as always i try my best to produce content that uh, you know give makes you think so uh, thanks a lot for all the support and i'll see you guys next time until then namaste take care goodbye